Hello everyone, my name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Today, I want to talk about the denizens of the palace of that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth himself, Jabba the Hutt. What is it about Jabba and his court that we find so compelling, so fascinating? Even though if we were there, we could end up dead at any moment. What is it about this that compels us? That's what I'd like to talk about today, as well as discuss the strange and rather grotesque inhabitants of the palace. So let's begin with what is it about this world that compels us? What is it about the criminal underworld full of mob bosses, bounty hunters, and various ne'er-do-wells that we find so fascinating. Well, recently I've been re-watching the Godfather trilogy, which are some of the greatest films ever made. I think that the, the thing that draws us to Jabba and his court are the same things that sort of draw us to the Godfather and his family and associates. Not just the Godfather from the movie The Godfather, not Vito Corleone or Michael Corleone, or Corleone if you prefer, but mafia men in general. Godfathers, conciliaries, various associates, whether it be in movies like The Godfather or other classic gangster films. I would say Goodfellas, but it, that portrays it in much more of a harsh, realistic light. I think in movies like The Godfather and also in Return of the Jedi with Jabba's Palace, it's, you know, a slightly romanticized version of the Mafia. Nonetheless, it does show their darker sides. But I think the same thing that draws us to the Mafia world in real life draws us to Jabba's world. Now, obviously, in real life, it is compelling. But it definitely is, I think we would much prefer the more romanticized version of it than the real thing. But let's look at Goodfellas, for instance. Goodfellas is the story of Henry Hill. Henry Hill was a real person. And he was drawn to the Mafia world because he would see them 
and he would be drawn to them. And he wanted to be a part of that world. He wanted to be somebody. And he was drawn, unfortunately, into that web. He was able later to escape that web. But he really felt drawn to it because he felt like there he could be a somebody. But as we see in the movie and in the real life events, that life is horrendously violent and you never know when your last moment might come. And so in reality, I don't think we'd really want to be a part of that world. But you could see the appeal. And like Henry Hill did, we might be drawn to it initially. But I think that a lot of us, if we got sucked into it, we would want to run away. So Jarvis Pellis has the same kind of mystique, the same compelling nature. There's something about hanging around these guys, especially if they like you. If you can, if you can connect with them, and you become one of their friends and they like you, it kind of makes you feel good. Even though that can change at any moment. If Jeff is displeased with you, down you go into the Rancor kit. So there's a mystique there. There's an allure there. And I think that's why we're drawn to it. The idea that you can make in make yourself part of this circle and hang out and watch people dance and get some drinks and hang around the palace and just kind of enjoy life. It's very compelling. Now let's talk about the inhabitants of Jalas Palace. A very grotesque bunch. Strange folks with Strange names. You have Bib Fortuna, of course, who's Jabba's major domo. You know, Nawanga. Apparently, male Twi'leks are all ugly, but female Twi'leks are really hot. I, I haven't figured that one out. <laughs> so you got Bib Fortuna, who's rather easily manipulated. You've got the Gamorrean guards who look really cool, I think. They almost look like something straight out of an 80s medieval fantasy. Which, let's be clear, Star Wars is kind of a medieval fantasy. But then you get characters like Slice Noodles, who's the singer for the Max Revo band. Max Rebo is the little blue elephant guy who plays the keyboard. Now, if I can detour really quick, I much prefer, very much prefer, the original edit of Return of the Jedi that had the puppet of Sice Noodles singing Lofty Neck, which is a great song. A wonderful 
musical moment in Star Wars. That in the 1997 special edition was replaced by a CGI size noodles and the awful song Jedi Rocks. Well, let's be clear, I prefer Lacky Neck, the original. You also have characters like Ephant Mun, the guy who looks like an elephant, not, not the blue guy. But the guy's got kind of that long mouth that hangs down to the ground. His name is Ephant Mun. So, sounds like Elephant Man. There's also that one really ugly guy named Hermie Odell. He's kind of this big guy. You can see him laughing in one of the scenes. And he's got like this drooping lip. He's really grotesque looking. You've got characters like Amanaman, who's this long-limbed, weird-looking guy. You've got Bubo, who's the little dog kind of creature that you know, kind of looks like a frog that hangs out by the steps into the throne room. Just a just a, a cornucopia of weirdos. And as Joseph Scrimshaw at Force Center says, we like our weirdos in Star Wars. You have of course the Rancor, who is frightening and grotesque and, and also one of the greatest uses of puppetry. I think in film history. You've got all these weird creatures hanging around. You've got Klaatu, uh, Barana, and Nikto, or the Skiff Guards. You've got characters who I don't even know what their names are. And they call Yakface, who's kind of this camel-looking guy. All kinds of strange creatures, and it's just so compelling. It's so marvelous and so creative. It's just. It, it's Return of the Jedi's version of the cantina scene from A New Hope. Our imaginations can just go wild. Like, who are these characters? What's their story? And then, of course, we get to the godfather of this world himself, Jabba the Hutt. Another great moment in puppetry in film. Jabba is truly a great creation and such a compelling character. And that big booming voice is speaking Atiz. Well, this guy doesn't speak a word of English other than a couple of words like Jedi and stuff like that. Which, you know, whether or not that's English, whatever. But, but um, he it's just, yet we love him, even though he doesn't say a word that we can understand, unless you happen to speak Katiz. He is the kingpin of this world. He's the godfather. He's sitting on his throne, smoking his hookah pipe and eating those weird little frog creatures. Jabba, never for a moment do you question the believability of Java. Now, his CGI version in a new hope, that's hard to actually accept. So this world that Java inhabits, 
is so compelling because of the strange yet compelling. Um, strange yet. The characters are strange, but they also have sort of a certain. certain charm in their strangeness. And also just this compelling world of kind of a. mafia that kind of sheds light on why we're compelled. Why we find ourselves drawn to that kind of life. So those are my thoughts on Jabba's Palace. Which, by the way, I admire the architecture of Jabba's Palace very much as well. So my name is Brennan Moore. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator, and thank you so much for tuning in to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast, where we discuss Jabba's Palace. Thank you so much for listening. May the Force be with you.